Um, we're becoming Amish. Yeah, we are. So we're talking about this article. We're really just jumping right into it. Damn. Look at us. The ADHD is not ADHDing today. Well, mostly because I'm confused. What are you confused about? What are you talking about? Okay. Let's start with that. I'll tell you. Oh my god, the Capri Sun. She's busted it out, you guys. It's the fucking perfect amount of juice. They fucking nailed it. And I used to be like, oh, we need it in the gallon container. No, this is enough. Well, in the 90s or the early 2000s, they had little bottles that were aluminum and you could unscrew and drink it, but way too much Capri Sun. And also, yeah. it really shed light on the fact that there's like little pieces of fruit in it. No. It's like cloudy. I appreciate the realness of it, but I didn't want to see Like it. it's the part, it's a delicacy. It's kind of how you don't eat like a huge amount of dark chocolate. Like it's kind of gross. Did you hear that chocolate is giving us lead poisoning? No, but I immediately believe it. Is that why no one can read? Uh, here's the thing. This appeared in my TikTok comments and I did no further research. I said, is it possible that it's not giving me lead poisoning? No, that's not a possibility. And they said, all the chocolate coming from somewhere that all the chocolate comes from has lead in it. So no, unless you whatever. Clearly, I didn't pay attention because I'm rejecting that reality. Yeah, I'm. that's fine. Anyways. The way my brain works is like, if there's some kind of issue like that, I look at the number of people it's going to affect. And if I feel like that's a really big number, I'm like, okay, misery loves company. So like, I really worry about like my skin because I used to tan a lot because that's not going to affect everybody. That's just going to affect me. But like the chocolate lead poisoning, if it's in all the chocolate, all of us are going to have problems. So either someone will have to do something or we can just suffer together. See, you and I have a very similar mindset about things, which is why we affirm each other and it's horrible. Remember when I forgot that I had a grad school assignment and you texted me and you were like, you know what? It's fine. You have a lot going on. Yeah, because like I still have that stance. Some weeks I can't be bothered to remember that I am a student. I start grad school soon. Oh, wait, you really do? Not really. I just applied. Anyways, so you may have seen this article this past week. The headline, it sure looks like phones are making students dumber. I initially was like, ew. Like, why would you have to choose that phrasing? Could you not have picked anything else? But then I was like, well, it's the Atlantic and they want us to click on it. That's what, that's literally all they care about, which is disturbing. Yeah. And I, so they're using the PISA scores. Do you remember when we talked about Finland on the podcast? Yeah. Everything was on the PISA. Yep. The PISA report is saying that Americans scored lower in math than any other year in the history of the test. We did it, guys. We, congratulations. <laughs> Okay, no single country showed an increasingly positive trend in any subject, PISA reported. And many countries showed increasingly poor performance in at least one subject, even Finland and Sweden, which we know is the gold standard. Normally, those Swedish kids be doing real well. So the PISA report now is saying that phones are the reason. So my question is, with research like this, is always like correlation versus causation. Yes. You know what I mean? So it says like PISA finds that students who spend less than one hour of quote unquote leisure time on digital devices a day at school scored about 50 points higher in math than students whose eyes are glued to a screen more than five hours a day. But it does say that the gap that they observed held even after they adjusted for socioeconomic factors. Because what I was going to say is one piece of bias I often find in studies like this 
is think about a kid who has limited screen time. That means they have parents that are heavily involved in their day-to-day behavior and are making very intentional rules. Those parents are probably pretty involved in their schoolwork as well. Yeah, and it specifically says digital devices at school. Yeah, I like that they did that part of it. And for anyone that's listening to this, I'm sure people that are not teachers are like, what kid is spending five hours a day looking at a screen during school? A lot of them. Mm. I teach at a high school and I have students who tell me they watch two to three movies per day. Holy shit. These kids will clear a season of Grey's Anatomy quicker than you've ever seen. That is crazy. Because they say a lot of classes, they're allowed to have their phones and they're allowed to have headphones. So they literally, their routine is they get to their desk, they put their movie on with their headphones, they'll still do their work, a lot of them, and they watch their movies multiple times per day. So like one kid, he was watching Cars 2, and I was like, oh, have you seen Cars 1? And he was like, yeah, I watched it last class. Like that's what they do. That's interesting, too, because the next point that PISA makes is that nearly half of students said that they felt nervous or anxious not having their phones near them, which, like, we're seeing that because, like, kids, like, lose their shit when you take their phones off of them in school. They really are not into it. Well, they're addicted to them. Yeah. Generally, people who are addicted to things don't like when you take that thing away. And it says that students who reported feeling distracted by their classmates' digital habits scored lower in math. So, like, kids are being distracted by the phones, too? Yes, because I've had situations where I'll be like, I don't want to hear your Instagram reels. Like, if you're done with your work and you're on Instagram reels, literally, I don't care. But I should not be able to hear it from 10 feet away. Right. So, like, I can get that where if you're trying to do work and someone's having a Cars double feature next to you... With no headphones. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like those people that take a speaker when they're hiking. You know when you're hiking and someone's just literally like playing like Avicii. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not Avicii. (laughs) Yeah. So they're calling for banning phones in schools, but a lot of schools like don't allow phones in the first place, right? I'm out of touch. I don't think it's the majority or even close to it, but I have seen a fair number of schools where they do have like a school-wide rule in place what i've seen that this is crazy to me but also if my principal did this i would probably be so happy this company made these things and it was for like concerts and tapings so it started out like if you went to a comedy special that was being filmed for netflix they would have you put your phone in this little pouch and then they seal the pouch and it's like the things that they put on clothes at expensive stores the little plastic thing that you have to have the magnet to get it off so that way your phone is on you you just can't get to it so then i love that because they don't have the liability of having everybody's phones on them and then when you leave they unclip your little pouch they take the pouch back you have your phone everyone has a great time of it So I've seen that company now started working with schools where every day when the kids come in, they get their little phone pouches and then they can't get their phones out until they leave for the day. That makes sense. I I have had those. When I went to see John Mulaney, I had my phone in a pouch like that. Yes. It was really interesting. I have heard the only schools I've seen do that are very upper middle class or private schools because they are expensive as fuck. I'm sure they're expensive as fuck. So multiple studies are saying that students on their phones take fewer notes, retain less information, and that task switching between social media and homework is correlated with lower GPAs, Students who text a lot in class do worse on tests. I mean, no shit, but whatever. (laughs) And students whose cell phones are taken away do better on tests. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you're not focused. This is literally the data talk I had to give my admin a month ago. I was like, here is test one. As you can see, the entire circle is red. 
Here is test three. This is three weeks after I took their phones away. Now a third of the circle is green. That's crazy. It's literally shocking. And they hate it so much. And I hate it so much. But every time I've done it, the data is just, and not to be like, the the fucking education data, we have to make data-driven decisions. Like, y'all know that's not who I am. But even to the point where I'll do like a one question exit ticket. And if I didn't take phones, 80% of them get it wrong. And if I do take phones, half of them get it right. Like it's such a stark difference. I mean, it makes sense. But like, obviously I have no experience with this. My only experience with phones was when I was in third grade and the kids would like, they would have it in their pocket on the rug and like show their friend be like, and then put it away. They're horrible at hiding shit. I like that you said they're horrible at hiding it because it's also really the culture of the school. Because when I was in high school, keep in mind, this was also like over 10 years ago, gross. Um, phones were relatively like new and we really did have a culture of hiding them. Like I didn't want my teacher to know I was on my phone, but at the school I teach at now, there's not a culture of hiding them at all. Like they are aware that in a lot of classes they can be on their phones. And I really, I hope this isn't coming across as me like dissing my school because I'm really not because I've seen the majority of schools are the same way where it falls on the teacher to make the procedure and just like school-wide, there's not a procedure in place. So by default, school-wide, the norm is I can be on my phone because that's the world that we live in. I think that it's it's one of these things that if this is a problem at your school, it's not because anyone's doing anything wrong. It's because no one has taken ownership of it and put something in place. Because I think the situation I'm in that I'm seeing so many teachers in is just because it hasn't been owned by the school system because it's such a new problem. I mean, the the last sentence of this is banning phones in in school would be a bold and novel experiment. It might not work, but the fallacy is believing that doing nothing is the harmless status quo. Time for a new intervention. And this article is by Derek Thompson for The Atlantic, by the way. The only downside that they reported is that in some countries, kids, if they don't have their phones at school, won't mute their notifications to sleep. So they're like so addicted that they're sacrificing sleep oh, to have that play phone on their time. Mm-hmm. But I'm even seeing that where kids will be tired in class and I'm like, are you okay? And they're like, oh, I stayed up till 3 a.m. on TikTok. So even though we don't take their phones, I think that's happening anyway. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like that the article basically said like could be, could not be. So I, when I went to the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers National Conference, one of their big reveals that Randy Weingarten, their president, brought up was a report about social media and phones in school. And they basically put the onus on social media companies. They were like, you need to fix this. Like, you know that this is happening. You have a very addictive product and you are making money off of this age demographic. So like, what gives? Like, are you going to do something or like? The executive director of Parents Together says, parents, caretakers, and educators can do everything right, place internet time limits, restrict social media usage, have difficult conversations and yet the youth mental health crisis still rages on and children are still easily able to find the darkest corners of the internet which they will outpace us <laughs> they always whatever do. restrictions you place on a child a source i was a child raised by the internet i could get past anything no like that's that's the thing that i realized not just with the phones in my class but with like a lot of my behavior management systems is I realized nothing is going to work forever. I just have to do a new thing every week or two Mm -hmm. because everything works 
for a week or two. And then it stops working because they find ways around it. And I can't figure out how to stop them. So then I have to try a new thing. And I like finally just accepted. I was like, oh my God, that is classroom management is me just switching it up all the time. Never let them know your next move is the system now. Yeah, no, it's totally valid. And like, if you think about us as adults, the algorithm will show you more of whatever you're interacting with for better or for worse. Like it can track how long you look at shit. So like if you're a teenager and you're really deep into diet culture on TikTok, you're going to get pro eating disorder content like that. Like and it's going to Before you can finish you. the sentence. Yeah. And it's, it's going to continually feed it to you. So I think about the madness that was my brain when I was 15 years old and I'm like oh my god if I had a robot computer thing that could give me more and more of the things that my and also I have OCD as everyone knows but like that's a whole other can of worms if I could feed my obsessions and my ruminations with social media it would have been way worse for me than it was and it's it was bad we remember what was going on on tumblr oh my god and could you imagine if tumblr could adjust its content yeah not just based on like what you're finding to find you like oh my god yeah tumblr would have literally caused i don't even want to know if tumblr had like the algorithm power that the free you page has it would have been over for all of us we would have had a lost generation Mm -hmm. it was bad enough as it was they always talk about the like dangerous viral challenges quote unquote oh, whatever. they don't know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> they literally don't those literally are from like fox news i'm sorry like that list of like slap a teacher that originated on facebook but what happens is then one kid slaps their teacher and everyone's like see see, see? and the kid's like what list i just hate her <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm like um newsflash i got bruises from working in schools like i got hit all the fucking time and it had nothing to do with tiktok in You're 2017 like, they we're not organized about it they just hit me Mm-mm. when they felt like it and I think like stuff like that I'm always like that does so much more harm than good because you already have people like on edge about social media and it's like please don't talk about the fucking viral challenges but do you we all remember devious licks that was real oh I forgot about that you just yanked that from back mm-hmm. there but it wasn't happening at my school so I was chuckling because it was like not really affecting us but the kids were showing it to me there were teachers that I know who had to go outside of the bathrooms and like spend their planning time my principal does that so if you guys don't know what devious licks was it was like it was supposed to be stealing like devious licks is like things that you stole from like school, it but started it- as like in my opinion like good-hearted pranky things where like they ended up giving them back so it started with like oh i took an expo marker and then like oh i took this little like tchotchke sign my teacher had but they were giving them back and to me that's like if you have the relationship whatever it can be a fun little prank but then it escalated to like i ripped the fucking sink off the bathroom wall (laughs) yeah it was crazy (laughs) they could not have gone more balls to the wall in a bad way negative they literally were like throwing soap everywhere and smashing toilets with like baseball bats yeah yes they went crazy this was right after they came back from covid full-time so something was amiss one kid one i forget if i knew this person personally or if it was an internet friend it must have been an internet friend but somebody at their school dismantled a bathroom stall and took it out piece by piece i think i might have seen this yeah it's a lot that was a weird time. It was a weird and then the list came out where the the way that Devious Licks was listed on there, I was like, you can't 
predict a social media trend and you yeah. can't like i got very um know-it-all about it i was well, like because you literally do know it all so <laughs> period <laughs> <laughs> i am glad you brought this up because it reminded me of this was actually the first faculty meeting where i started to hate my old principal i think actually no <laughs> it wasn't but anyway this was one of the meetings that increased my hate for him because he was like I don't know if you all have seen this devious licks tiktok challenge and he went on like a really long rant about it and I literally raised my hand I was like oh like what's happened here and he was like nothing yet and I was like I feel like maybe if nothing's happened we just don't bring it up because maybe they don't know so like why would we bring it up if nothing's and he was like we need to be proactive about this and he wanted us to be like stricter about only letting one kid go to the bathroom at a time and stuff and I was like okay so again to clarify nothing has happened same thing. I was like, if you make this go more viral, you're going to have a self-fulfilling prophecy on your hands because that is actually how trends start. Exactly. It's people getting Anyways, mad at them. Um, so I did ask the general public just a little wee question just for a mini bit. I don't know. So this person said, um, oh, my Jesus Christ. My eighth graders once bl- – bl- I can't even <laughs> – my eighth graders once brought a Bluetooth speaker to class and started playing porn from it while I was teaching. I literally ran out of the room crying. The veteran teacher next door ripped them a new one, but admin did practically nothing. They didn't even get suspended because it was the day before winter break. That is not how I would have handled that. Never show weakness. <laughs> no, like you can't you can't run out crying. Like I'm so sorry to tell you you're wrong, but like that that was probably the worst thing for you to do. Oh, I have a feeling it's going to be downhill after this. I'm so sorry to say. Because <laughs> they just found a new hack to make you leave. So bad. <laughs> a fifth grader started a rumor that I, 30, was having an affair with our library para, 18, and posted vague TikToks about it. Kids want to be in a telenovela so bad. Holy shit. I can't read this on the podcast. It some, Send it to me. Uh, I'll read it. Uh, <laughs> At the school I was teaching at, two eighth grade students were caught filming either an Insta Live or a TikTok of themselves giving each other hand jobs and fingering each other during math class. I taught first grade at the time, but the fallout was dramatic because that's child pornography, technically, question mark. It is, and I know this because a kind of similar incident happened at my, oh my old school. God. It was the Says- video was not at school, but the video was distributed at school. Via airdrop. Oh my god! To everyone, but their math teacher did quit. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be good. I'd be done after that. What, what does one do? <gasps> I was investigating some online bullying between a couple of my student students on Instagram a few years ago, and then suddenly realized I had liked one of their comments. <gasps> no. <laughs> no. 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 So, anyways, my friend has a fake Instagram exclusively for doing stuff like that. And her fake Instagram, the username is like random letters and numbers. And it's like the Ray-Ban sale thing that looks like you were hacked. So whenever she's sleuthing, if she accidentally likes something, it just looks like it was a bot. I mean, that's way better than it being your personal Instagram and then liking one of the comments. I mean, there's a lot of shit in here about really inappropriate stuff that kids are doing on their phones. I'm scared. It's not even about like distractions. It's like- It's, it's literally about like federal crimes. What is what does the New York Times have to say about this shit? So this is what I find interesting is that this is not a new phenomenon at all. The first cell phone ban in schools was in 1989. How did they fit it in there? They got it from the car? The car cell phone? So 
1989, as illegal drug sales spiked, Maryland passed a law making it illegal for students to take pagers and devices known as cellular telephones to school. Violators could face fines and jail time. In the 1990s, as more students took cell phones to school, districts also instituted to remove the disruptive devices that kept ringing during class. And then in the early 2000s, after the Columbine and September 11th happened, that is when they started allowing um, cell phones in schools again because people wanted to be able to get in touch with their kids for safety reasons. So it seems like for a little moment in like the 80s, early 90s, the education system was leaning towards banning. And this article is from Natasha Singer from this last October. And the title is School Cell Phone Bans Are Trending, Do They Work? So the bans soon surged again as schools tried to curb new classroom distractions. By 2010, more than 90% of schools prohibited student cell phones during school hours, according to federal data. So that was very much my experience. Like your phone was not supposed to be on you in class, but I was on it all of the time. But concerns that many students who were from low-income families and could not afford their own laptops caused some school districts to reconsider because the students were using them for educational purposes. And then by only 2016, two-thirds banned cell phones. So it went down from 90 to like 66% in just a couple of years as technology in the classroom became more common because not all the kids have the laptops. We got laptops issued to us in junior high and high school and that was a huge thing. Like we weren't allowed to have our phones but we had our laptop that was from the school and you just put, I don't remember what it's called. There's like a thingy that you can get around the, the firewall or whatever. A VPN. Yeah. When I was in high school, the vibe was definitely like no phones, but some teachers were just like lazy about enforcing it, which mood. So like some classes I would be on my phone the whole time, but a lot of my school, we didn't have service. And then I remember when I was in 10th grade, that is when they started having Wi-Fi in the schools, but that's before they figured out in that district, like how to ban specific sites. So I remember 10th and 11th grade, it was a fucking field day. Like we'd be on Instagram in the middle of class. The amount of Snapchat memories I get from that era is astonishing because all of us just had full open internet all day, every day at school. I'm sure we learned fucking nothing. And then they started blocking stuff. And then they, I went back to being sneaky. Have you ever had like a parent be adamant like my kid gets to keep their phone so not adamant I had one this year that I talked to her on the kid's phone and she basically just said like it gives her a lot of anxiety to not be able to get in touch with her child so we kind of came to like a two-prong compromise where she had the I gave her the extension to my classroom so I was like you can always just call my phone and she's in here with me And then her daughter also put, you know how when your phone rings, you can make your flashlight go off? Yes. So that when it was in the pocket, she would see it because it would start blinking, which was a little annoying, but we kind of worked it out. It was never, it never got to be like a thing. Like I only had one conversation with her about it. And then we just kind of like came to those compromises and it was a pretty short convo. But I have had coworkers who have had parents be like more intense about it. Because like I, on one hand, I totally understand like our country is scary right now. We're like school shootings are very much scary and a thing. And like, there's a lot of other shit that like could give a parent anxiety. I 
I personally want to keep Jay in my pocket until she's 32 years old, maybe longer. (laughs) But when I asked about this on Instagram, one person said that it was impossible to discipline kids or handle student conflict because kids would just text their parents before you could do anything. Next thing you know, the parents are calling or at the school before you even had the chance to fully understand what was happening. We once had an active shooter drill, which is already awful, and a student misunderstood it as being the real thing, and a bunch of kids texted their parents. Next thing we knew, parents were blowing up the phones and showing up trying to pick up their kids, angry because we didn't alert them about an active shooter when there wasn't even one. Oh, God, that sounds like a shit show. Right? Like, awful. total sh- And I completely I, see oh. everyone's side in that. I know. Like, I, I don't thing. see what anyone could have done differently, except maybe tell parents parents that you're going to do the drill? Yeah, we always sent a letter home, but then again, I was in elementary school, so I don't know how it works. Well, when we do them, it's like a surprise. Like we don't it's not like, "Hey guys, today we're going to do a drill." It's like that little light is red and I'm like, "We might die. Let me go ask the teacher down the hall if it's for oh real cuz he has a radio." And then I stick my head out and I just look at him and he, he just goes and like waves me off. This one says, we had to en- enact a policy about smartwatches after a parent was continually contacting their child during school hours. The topics the parent was inquiring about left the student distraught and disrupted the entire class. For example, asking if the student had heard of the Momo Challenge. Do you remember the Momo Challenge? No. What? Oh, this was an elementary school one for sure. So it wasn't really a challenge, I don't think. It was on children's YouTube. There were a couple videos, but one in particular, it was like playing the episode as normal and then Momo would show up. And Momo is like a, think like the girl from the ring kind of Oh, I do vaguely remember this. Yeah. But like, don't ask your kid, have you heard of this? In the middle of the school day. It was baffling to say the least and there were multiple times I was consoling the student and multiple other classmates over something the parent had brought up through text that the child viewed on their Apple Watch. And then it's like, When you punish, not punish, but like when you take away the Apple Watches because of that, then I'm sure there are parents that are like, no, my kid needs their Apple Watch. No, my kid deserves their Apple Watch. But it's like not coming out of nowhere. Like it's not like teachers and schools are doing that necessarily like Just like to be nasty and like be overly punitive. They're just like literally like what would you prefer I do? Honestly, the ban, I don't know if I was privy to all the ways that a ban could possibly help. But now I feel like get those phones away from the children's. Oh, it's just such a difficult situation. It really is. Holy shit. A recent report by Common Sense Media, which tracked about 200 young people with phones, found that participants participants typically received 237 notifications during the day with at least one quarter of them being during school hours. There's no way you can focus when you're being pinged that often. No. Our whole issue was writing notes. A study of schools in Spain found that a significant reduction in cyberbullying in the two regions that impose school cell phone bans. And in one of those regions, test scores significantly increased. Oh. Oh my god, this is hilarious. Tell me. So a study in Norway found that when they ban phones, girls start doing a lot better, but it had no effect on boys. That, the differences across, like, boys versus girls is so interesting to me. We just, what did we just have? Uh, Standardized test scores were different boys versus girls. But, like, why? So weird. Is it, like, nurture or is it nature? Yeah, someone's right. There's a children's advocate group sending a letter 
to the Secretary of Education urging a nationwide ban on cell phones. This is such a complicated problem that it's going to vary a lot by grade level and by schools. And I don't think that the U.S. Secretary of Education banning cell phones is A, legal, or B, would work. You can write a letter to anybody about anything. You know what I mean? The U.S. Postal Service does not discriminate. Mm-mm. They'll send it for you. Um, <laughs> my middle schoolers are all addicted to robot Roblox gambling. Yes, <laughs> they lose real money. I teach in a rich area, and some of them have literally lost thousands of dollars. Oh my God, is that legal? No, I don't. You have to be eighteen to gamble, right? That's what I thought. How is this legal? It's probably like qualified as in-game purchases because you're probably buying tokens that you can use on things besides the gambling. I, I, don't I know. hate companies. I hate companies. Succession was a documentary. I guarantee there was a meeting where a bunch of men in suits were like, but making kids gamble is illegal. And one of them is like, well, actually, if they can also use the tokens for other stuff and they just use the tokens to access a game, it's not actually gambling. And then they fucking called legal in and some poor lawyer that probably at one point cared about people had to look at them and be like, yes, that is technically true. What if they're just like horse racing? Maybe I don't know how Roblox works, but what if they're just like exchanging money on the low and they have like one person who like collects the fees? I don't know. It's still children gambling that has somehow been legal through gamification. Or they DIY'd it and they're like, they have a pencil case filled with cash. Oh, yeah. It, maybe you're right. Maybe it's like, because I know they can like transfer each other money in a lot of games. So maybe they're doing things and they're like, I'll give you Roblox cash if you like maybe it's like a black market situation they have going that's that was actually a thing at my school this semester is that really kids were gambling with literal playing cards like they were like playing (laughs) guys and dolls are they playing craps in the back alley i have no idea it didn't happen in my classroom but i asked my coworker how his day was going and he told me he literally had to call the administrators for that and that the administrators brought in the school police officer and he was like that is illegal There's very few things that I support bringing the resource officer for, but for some reason, I was fine with that. Kids gambling with cards <laughs> and cash. I think that's very old timey and hilarious to bring a cop in to be like, "Oh, I wasn't here." <laughs> no, I literally, I was like, "Is are we in the 1950s? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> Oh, somebody said that their kids were airdropping pictures of orangutans to each other, and it was just a huge distraction. See, stuff like that, it's like, it's so annoying, but it, like, I'm not actually mad, you know, because it doesn't hurt anyone. No, I actually, I know. what the teacher who had the story about the, um, the Bluetooth speaker while they were playing porn on it, I brought my little, like, galaxy light to my classroom and it's also a bluetooth speaker and i literally gaslit all of them into believing it wasn't so that that wouldn't happen they were like isn't that a bluetooth speaker and i was like no the one that i got doesn't have that oh my god and it worked and they were like really i think it does and they were like are you sure and i was like yeah i'm sure i tried it i said the one that i have at home does that's why i have that one at home you are the gaslighting queen but you only use your powers for good in the classroom setting of because course. i knew that no, no good was would come out of a bluetooth oh speaker my god you can listen to my ocean spot music on my projector and nothing else oh my gosh so um (laughs) of course california is trying to pass laws uh for like banning 
social media and phones and stuff like that. The San Mateo County School Board is in the Bay Area, so like big technology area. They filed a federal lawsuit against YouTube, TikTok, and Snap, alleging these platforms and the algorithms designed to keep kids hooked have caused unprecedented levels of anxiety, depression, bullying, eating disorders, and suicidal ideation. And they are talking about how schools don't even have counselors to like help kids with this. Like we don't even have the resources to be like, do you want to talk about it? They just talk to other people on the internet about it and it gets worse. It sounds so silly to be like, phone addiction like the way that we talk about substance abuse but it's legitimate i equate it more to the addiction of cigarettes because it doesn't like completely ruin your life and change all of your decision making Mm -hmm. but they have done like brain scans and the effects of phone addiction are very very real and fire the same way other addictions do and you can be addicted to anything like some people get addicted to working out because they're addicted to the endorphins of it and they end up like doing harm to their body i think addiction can come in many shapes and forms and phones are designed to be addictive oh uh, they're very designed to be addictive like as someone whose screen time is going real hard this week we joke about our brain rot but like i'm low-key I'm not also joking. not joking yeah <laughs> i'm not i think i if, i think if i did not receive an iphone in eighth grade i would have probably gotten like a Nobel peace prize by now oh my god there's a campaign called wait until eighth for waiting to give kids social media until eighth grade but it's like that's even eighth grade low. seems low yeah i feel like if i had a kid i would probably make them wait i would say till like 14 for social media and you're not allowed to be on public until you're 18 oh 100 i would rather jay be in a field drinking around a bonfire at age 17 than have social media like i would rather her have a vape than have a phone. I'm so fucking for no, real. No, but I also, so I had a lot of friends growing up who weren't, not a lot of, but a couple friends who weren't allowed to have social media. And I think it did make them feel really left out of things. Of course. And so it's like, what do you do? I know. It's so complicated. Become Amish. The th- other thing that I find interesting about this lawsuit is that like, okay, so San Mateo is the first in California to file the lawsuit and they're in the Bay Area that's a tech hub. The first in the country was Seattle and that's another tech hub. It's like when Mark Zuckerberg posted that picture and he had a little piece of tape over his laptop camera. They know. I know. They know. They know. The people that work there, when I said the lawyer in the meeting, the the lawyer in the meeting then went home and was like, give me your fucking iPad. Yes. No, dead ass. I mean, it's like, I don't even know if there's anything to compare it to. No, it's it's such a new and complicated problem. I wish we could end this episode with like a solution, but. Something to think about in your own classroom, I guess. But like, if you already left because of it, rip, like we get it. But like, it's compounding all these other issues that teachers are having. Some people in the DMs were saying like, they had parents form group chats against them. And, like, leverage technology in that way. One person said that their principal, the only reason they didn't get in trouble for a fight in their classroom is because the kids recorded the fight. And in the background, you could hear her screaming, stop, stop, stop. Because if, for those of you listening who don't know, you're literally not allowed to get in between kids fighting because it's a liability. So, or whatever. But if that hadn't happened, like, would they have gotten Uh disciplined? (sighs) It's just such an annoying situation and one that I unfortunately don't foresee getting much better that's why we're here on teacher quit talk talking about shit talking and quitting 
I will say I'm really against a nationwide ban. I think that all of this varies so much by community to community. I think this burden should fall on admin to create good school-wide procedures. I don't think it should fall on the teacher. We have enough to do. A hundred bajillion percent. And like, if you implement your own shit, are they going to back you up? God, I can't. I'm so grateful I work for like rational people that like me. Oh my my admin literally made me stand up in front of the faculty meeting and put a picture of my phone pocket on the projector. I was like, they hate me. <laughs> it works. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think that like there are certain it's for your own good type things that yes. you have to do for students. And like they don't always make sense when you're without a frontal lobe or without life experience. But like you have to draw a line in the sand sometimes and be like, guys, this is why. And like, I've always been of the mind, like if you have good solid data from good solid sources, you're you're fine. Like as long as you're not causing As long as harm. it's not just like you're making a decision on vibes. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that's where a lot of people go wrong because sometimes the vibe that feels really good is bringing the hammer down and being like, this person says, my 11th grade history teacher smashed my phone with a rock. I definitely deserved it. Real recognize real. That would feel really good. Is it the right response? No. Probably you know not. what I mean? Like there's shades of gray. I should here. give one of my students, I have a second floor classroom with windows that open. I should give one of them like my old phone that's broken and tell them to like pretend to be on it and throw it out the window to like scare all the other ones. Like dinner theater. Oh my God. Like the actors in the audience. <laughs> I can't. Apparently it's really bad in college too, but that's a whole other kind of worms. I mean, I if you're paying you to be there and you're going to watch a movie in class, you're just stupid. That's not my well, problem. Well, it says. <laughs> <laughs> that's my final stand. If you want to pay thousands of dollars to watch cars during class. Okay. This, this one says. <laughs> Group chat is awful. Students use it to share assignment answers, talk bad about professors, and make it so I can't treat anyone as an individual. I've given someone with a medical note an extension, and then other students started asking for an extension without a medical note. I can't stay ahead of the cheating curve between group chats, Quizlet, Chegg, and Course Hero. I would never teach college for many reasons, and that's one of them. <laughs> because you can't care. Like, yeah, you really can't. But I also like... Oh. I hate, everyone's going to hate me for saying this. Like, I know, like, this is giving the energy of, like, oh, all I had for breakfast is an iced coffee today. Should we call Bella Hadid? Like, I know this sentence <laughs> is about to give that. But, like, if you're giving students assignments that they can find on Course Hero, like, maybe you're not putting enough effort into the assignments you're giving. Boom. As someone who got a free trial of Course Hero because I wanted to give them that assignment. I don't know what that is. It's a no website idea. where kids post their assignment with the answers on it. Oh. And I I just liked the assignment. So I, I was like, that. let me have that. Work smarter, not harder. But a lot of college professors who just use the same thing year after year after year, it becomes a problem for them. Pat Pepperdine, we like just passed around the 8 a.m. humanities class notes for like years and years and years yeah. and years. Never went to class. It's like the sisterhood of the traveling notes. Yeah, absolutely. We love you though. Thanks for coming. That's the journey of teaching. It's cheating and stopping, cheating and stopping. And we just move in that ebb and flow forever. Pick your battles. And I will give my same advice again. Never let them know your next move. And because this came up, let me give some more on that. The reason I thought of that is because... I was putting their little video questions in the phone pockets and then I 
they were just taking the questions and not putting the phones. So then I switched it. They had to put their phone in the pocket and then I gave them the questions. That worked for like a week. A couple days later, they started cheating on the questions. So then I had to make five different versions of the questions. So that's what I mean. Like anti-cheating mechanisms only work temporarily. And that's part of it is that you just have to always be switching it up and never let them know what's coming next. Yeah, it's hard. Like I was thinking about this the other day, just in terms of like classroom management in general. I was like, God, it's so much easier when I just am not trying. (laughs) Yeah. Being lazy is awesome. It is so good. Like when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm scrolling on my phone and it's absolutely bananas. It feels good. I love not doing things. I, I've had so many times where, like, my instructional coach would be like, okay, you need to, like, narrate this or you need to, like, go through all these steps with the kindergartners again and again and again. And I would be like, oh, but I don't want to. Like, I just – No, it's like I know how to do it. Time. And then you do it and it works perfectly and you're like – You're like, uh I don't want to do this every day. <laughs> You're like, for real? I don't Every do time they here? Can't we just yeah. hang out and watch cars? <laughs> I know! You mean you're going to make me, like, think and narrate and give directions? Steps? Fuck that. But anyways. But always um, remember, teachers, the lesson I learned the hard way this semester, the harder you work at the beginning, the easier it is at the end, and you will pay for your laziness later, and you will be full of regret. None of this has anything to do with phones, but we didn't shoot the shit at the beginning of the episode, so here That's we are. True. So pick your hills to die on. If yours is a phone, get ready to die on that hill every day and then resurrect yourself up from that hill and be consistent. Like Jesus. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.